and gentlemen, it is episode number 32. Three, two. How you feeling, Brad? I am feeling great. We're getting very, very close to Christmas, and we've got the uh, warehouse decorated. We've got lights up everywhere, a Christmas tree. We've got a Christmas tree in the retail store. We're just really feeling like uh, the Christmas spirit over here. So, Dude, I am glad to hear it. You know, we... We started something last week, and I thought, you know what? Let's continue to walk down this. What if we had like a, a thought-provoking question mm. to open the episode? Uh, and so keeping with the holiday spirit, thought-provoking question, we want to know at home, do you and your family, when it comes to value in the holidays, what Reese's shape do you value the most in your home? Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I don't know. I don't think this is shared across my entire family, but for me personally, the superior Reese holiday shape is the Reese peanut butter egg. That it's classic. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, I, it's, I, yeah. the ratio is perfect, right? Like perfect peanut butter chocolate ratio. I, I like more peanut butter than chocolate. I'm also yes. a Reese big cup fan versus regular Reese. So maybe that's an indicator too. That's fair. That's fair. I, I do, I do love the Reese's egg. Like, I mean, it is my, my parents, like when, like if they're like, if they ever made their own, uh, Easter egg baskets and whatnot for us, mm -hmm. then what they would do is like for a while, it was certain a mix of candies. And when, as we got older, we were just like, mom, like, what are you doing? If you're going to make one, like mm -hmm. do the, uh, yeah, give me, give me all of the eggs. Mm -hmm. So. No, I hear that. I hear that. Let us know in the comments below if you're Team Egg with us or if you are – are you a Christmas tree fan? Or, or a pumpkin. Or, yeah, pumpkins because the pumpkins like sneaky good. Mm -hmm. it, Just but saying. Very similar shape to the egg, so I'm, I'm sure that's – it would probably be my second one if I'm being honest. That's fair. That's fair. Well, we're going to have to find out how our guest feels about this. Why don't we go ahead and bring in our guest, David? How you feeling? All right. Sounds good. Mr. David Cooper, welcome, welcome to In the Bag. Thanks. Glad to be here. Come on. Now, David, have you listened to episodes in the past? Oh, most all of them. Yeah. Always Come enjoy these awesome. episodes. So We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Dude, we are, we are trying to help and happy to help talk about your bag specifically. I know that there is looking at this, I think like when I, I, I think your bag I have seen replicated across a lot of players bags that's not to say like oh man you're super basic david what are you doing dude uh <laughs> but i i do think that like this is if i were to draw up like a a prototype player their bag would look very similar to this so yeah i got some uh, flashbacks when i looked at when robbie sent that over today to me i got some flashbacks of my bag and uh like not even that long ago maybe six or seven months ago so uh, I'm feeling it. I'm probably feeling what you were feeling at one point, David. Nice. Yeah. So uh, before we get to know your back, we want to get to know you as a player. So let us know how long have you been playing? So let's see. The first time I started playing was about about eight years or so. Took a six-year break. Really got serious playing like during about two years ago. So um, yeah. Okay. So had some experience. So that'll, okay. That'll be very good to know, especially with the eight year gap. Cause I'd be willing to some of, do any of the discs that you currently have in your bag where they discs that you had like way back when? Not anymore. I used to okay. have like a really beat up like DX beast that I, that I was bagging, but 
I, it just got too flippy for me. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Uh, as DX beasts do, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, following those vibes. So, all right. So, when you're out there on the disc golf course, you've got wide open space in front of you. How far are you looking to throw your backhand on a controlled shot, and how far are you looking to throw your forehand on a controlled shot? Yeah, for a backhand, I would say probably around that 300 range, and forehand. Um, forehand, I've just kind of started learning that this year. Um, there was one hole that I parked. It was like, it was like a dog leg, right? And I parked it. It was like 289 feet. So if I get a good, good forehand, then it can go about, you know, 275 ish. So. Okay. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I, I'm going to be very curious what this looking at your bag like i have some assumptions on what you'd be throwing for forehands but you never know especially with someone learning the game mm-hmm. uh with all the information that's out there some people start learning like forehands on really good habits and so it might have been a good disc or a bad disc what we're going to do is today we're going to be focusing on fairway drivers for those of you who are in the fairway struggle bus we are going to be joining you, but we want to start with putters and work our way up in some speed. So you have the internet's meme disc. You have a, a disc that is chosen for the gods. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just kidding. it's a polecat. You have a polecat. What's your polecat used for, man? So I use it for like a lot of approach, approach shots and, you know, it's, it's just a great disc. So. I love it. I love it. Now we're both team polecat. Brad, you still on the Dillo gang? Dillo gang all the way. You know, I mean, I have a polecat. I just really use it for like if my dog needs water or something. <laughs> so that's what I keep it for. I, you know, as much as I want to like say, wow, how rude. I 100% when I take my dogs with me on like, cause there are a couple of courses that are a lot more secluded. They don't get a lot of traffic and I'll take my dogs to like run around on those. Uh, but I like, when I do that, I will bring a polecat to throw and use as a water ball. So it, it does function as both. Yep. Uh, you have Point a halo polecat. So that is fantastic. Um, when you throw your polecat, David, do you throw fan grip, power grip, or kind of like a, a hybrid? Uh, kind of like a hybrid. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So moving up to you have some T2s in the bag and then you have a Sky God 4. So are the P2s simply for putting or do you have like baselines that you throw? So right now the P2s are are just for putting and they're getting pretty beat in. So eventually I'm going to bag a new putter and then try and use the other one as like a flippy putter. But yeah, so those are basically just for putting right now. And then I use the Sky God for, um, yeah, any like approach any approach shot like if there's wind or um if there's a short hole so do you ever uh forehand your sky god for i haven't tried that do you forehand the sky god for bread no i no i don't i just was curious um obviously i'm seeing some other things you're going to probably use for an approach like maybe putter slash mid-range but just curious if you ever tried it yeah i haven't tried to to forehand my sky god for i'll have to give that a try and see how that goes sounds interesting yeah i mean watching i know i've watched trevor throw he loves his sky god for mm-hmm. um 
I've seen local people that I have love their Sky God 4. I think they, like, I don't remember the Sky God 3 having near the love that the Sky God 4 does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I know, yeah, Trevor definitely loves it. And my youngest son bags one and he uses that for all of his backhand, like, approaches that he's not throwing, like, a forehand zone for. So, um, I, I threw it. Um, I think it's the thing that's hard for me is I'm fan gripping those and it's like a little slick for me. And I just, I'm not getting like the rotation I think I need to get out of the sky God. So maybe eventually. Totally fair. Totally fair. So moving, staying in that approach category, you got an entropy and a deflector in the mid range category. What's kind of the difference between those for you? So let's see the, the entropy I use. Um, well, so for those specifically, I, I live here in Kansas, and sometimes it can it can get a little bit windy. So <laughs> I hear that. So yeah, those are are particularly particularly useful in the wind. Uh, the deflector is definitely a lot more overstable than the the entropy is. Um, so okay, so will you use the deflector for approaches, but kind of only when it gets windy? So more for if I need. A, if I need like a longer approach, uh, I'll I'll throw the the deflector uh, if it's if it's windy or if I need it to skip around a tree or something. So mm-hmm. okay, yeah, because I I have definitely yeah heard that from several people, yourself included. The deflector gets an immense amount of ground action. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. It's almost Brad. I don't know how familiar you are with this mold. Have you seen the anvil be thrown a lot? No, I have not seen the anvil be thrown. I've no, only th- experienced just like touching them. I've never thrown one or seen one thrown. Okay. Cause that's a lot of, I know a lot of folks who love a harp will use mm-hmm. an anvil in the same vein that you're talking about here, David, with like the entropy and deflector, the, they'll use the harp to the anvil balance because the anvil is more hooky uh, than the harp is, but it also, because of the way it's shaped, that thing gets some crazy ground action in terms mm-hmm. of skips. So love that. Moving over to the reactor, you have two reactors in the back. Talk about that. What you got, what are your two reactors for? Yeah. So those I, yeah, just use their, they're both pretty straight. The, the eclipse one is more, a little bit more stable. So um, yeah, those, those are fairly new to the bag i got them uh, about well i got the fission reactor about probably six months ago definitely really enjoying it i think the the mako 3 is it was kind of my my go-to like straight mid and then i it just didn't have quite as much stability as i wanted and so i moved over to reactor and it's it's definitely better definitely enjoying that so do you find that you still throw the Mako 3 or is it kind of there still as a, like a comfort piece because the reactor is still somewhat new? Yeah. Kind of more of, as a comfort piece since the, since the reactor is new. So, so Robbie, I don't know what you think, but maybe just thinking and looking at kind of like a, another small gap that's there, like an eclipse proxy, somewhere, something in between like a throwing putter that's going to be like straight to understable for you. That's not quite as understable as your uplink. So yeah. maybe give that yeah. a give that a try. Yeah, because I I think that you're right. Like that the Mako three 
having that disc that isn't going to fade because the reactor, even the fission reactor, until it gets pretty beat in, it's mm-hmm. still going to have some finish at the end of its flight, no matter how you flow. I mean, I guess if you threw it like on a roller angle, it probably is not going to finish. <laughs> but if you throw that, that eclipse proxy, yeah, that Brad's talking about, it could give you that Mako 3 flight while not having so much similarity that you currently feel between the Mako 3 and that fission reactor. I think that's a really good idea. Cool. Yeah, so, sounds great. And if you like throwing putters, if you like throwing your sky God, there's mm-hmm. no reason to not have more like to have another throwing putter option in the bag mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, no, I think that's, that's a really good idea. And then the uplink, we can assume we're obviously lovers of the uplink, uplink here on gang, the podcast. For sure. And mm-hmm. so, uh, under stable option where I really want to talk about your, your mid ranges is about what distance threshold are you walking up to a hole and you're saying, obviously, you know, conditions can change, low ceiling, standstills, stuff like that. But what is the distance marker that normally, conditions aside, you're saying, I am throwing a mid-range on this shot, and then after that, I have to step up to something else? So I would say probably about 200, 225-ish. Okay. So, okay. So do you, do you feel, and this is kind of how I felt at the beginning, Robbie, and even till really as of late when I've started putting more fairway drivers in my bag, uh, David, do you feel like there's just not enough distance, I guess, distance difference between your like reactor, um, to like your Thunderbird? Like, do you just start seeing the difference in distance when you get up to like a Thunderbird or a Beast and like that fairway slot? You're like, hey, they don't give me a lot of extra distance anyway, so why throw them? Is that kind of how you're feeling? Or am I projecting how I fell onto you? <laughs> so between the the like reactors and the Thunderbird, definitely a noticeable difference in distance there for sure. Okay. So, But, but you have the FD yeah. in the bag right now. So like when we talk about, I know, I think that's sort of what Brad was going for is yeah, you've got I said it very FD weird in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like what's the, how far are you throwing that like FD? Like what shots distance wise is the FD coming out beside, before you jump up to the Thunderbird or the beast or something like that? Um, let's see the, the FD. Uh, I'm not sure exactly distance wise. Uh, it's just kind of a, a feel thing. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I can, I feel like I throw the, the FD, uh, if I just need like controlled, like straight distance. Um, mm-hmm. but that the distance is, that's a little bit farther than the, uh, reactors. Mm-hmm. Cause I know when I was, when I was not having really any fairways in my bag, it was like, okay, well I can throw this buzz. Like this, I was throwing a little less than, but I can throw this buzz like 200, 225. And then, but if I go up to like a, and again, we're going to talk about stalkers later. I threw a stalker initially, like I'm only throwing that like 25 feet farther. But if I go up to like, what was I throwing at the time? My Hades, I can throw it close to 300. So why would I just mess around with a stalker it's only 25 30 feet more why would i not want to jump up to something i can get a lot more distance and again 
maybe it's just a mindset thing too that I'm talking about, not like a physical thing. And I think what you're talking about, David, is like a, a comfortability or a confidence is what I'm hearing, Robbie. With the FD, you're like, hey, I know this is a very neutral shot that I need to throw. So yeah. I don't care what the speed of the disc is. I just know that's the shot for this disc. Yeah. I, I mean, it definitely sounds like that. Does that, is, are we, are we getting close, David? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely a comfortability shot. Like if there's, if there's like a, a gap, like a tunnel shot that I need to get, to get through, to get out in the open, then definitely, mm -hmm. definitely lefty could come out there. For sure. Okay. I think that'll be helpful later. That kind of sounds like we'll talk a little bit more of why to have fairway drivers in your bag later, but I think that you're, you're right on it, David. So sorry, Robbie, if you want to continue there, I just wanted oh, to throw no. that out. No. So what's, what's very interesting to me here, David is. So when we look at the bag, you've got 21 ish discs, something like that. I'm trying to do some quick math in my head. You got 21 discs in the bag and 11 of them are in that nine speed or faster spread. So when, like, because of that, there's, there's a reality that if you're throwing 300 feet, there's probably not a lot of difference in flight amongst these discs, or do you find there to be a, a ton of variance between let's the, the discs that are most intriguing to me, like I would feel like they fly very similar to you would be like the PD versus the Chimeborg destroyer. Like what's the, what, what kind of difference are you getting in flight between those two? Uh, so let's see those two. I think, I think the, the destroyer is just, it's a bit more overstable than my PD. Um, I, I think I have a little bit of a tendency of releasing on like a slight bit of Anheuser. So okay. something like the PD, I feel like, moves a lot more then the destroyer will just like come back a bit faster okay and then you've got let's see the wraiths i, I always have to like go back and forth because on the one chart you know like midas bag i love you but you like stack all this stuff on top of one another and it gets really <laughs> hard to read it so you got the g star wraith a star wraith and a halo wraith um what kind of difference are you getting between those three wraiths yeah, so the the Halo Wraith definitely the most stable. It's a it's a double G Wraith, so definitely pretty stable there. Um, the G Star one has been in my bag for the longest, so it's it's pretty beat in. And if there's if there's like a headwind, I'm probably not throwing that um, that Wraith huh? because I'll be scared it'll flip over and then fly and crash into all of the cars <laughs> that are on the right. <laughs> so, but yeah, so then the other, the star wraith is just kind of right there in the middle. So. Okay. So star wraith flies like a longer Thunderbird for you. Uh, yeah. Okay. And about 25, 30 feet farther, how much more distance are you getting out of the wraith than you are the Thunderbirds? Yeah, probably about a good 30 feet, 30, 40 feet. Okay. So moving to the understable side, you've got an insanity, a beast, and then a turn uh, that's all the way up there. What, 
talk me through differences. I'd love to know differences between your G star wraith and your turn. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, so my turn, it's a halo turn. I, I mainly bagged it cause I wanted to get like an easy, like flex shot. Um, there was one course that I played over league, uh, this, this past year that that when they had it in the long position, I was kind of struggling because I had to get it over to the right, but it was, I had to get quite a bit of distance. And uh, so the, the turn kind of naturally just went through that fairway um, when I threw it. Okay. Can I ask a question really quick? Yeah. David, how many courses are you playing? Like how many courses in your area do you play? So let's see, I've played, I've played a lot of them like, you know, once or twice, but, um, yeah, like, let's see the, the courses that I've played most, I've played like two of them, two of them very commonly. Okay. And don't, and there's nothing wrong with that. It just, it seems to me like a lot of your bag you're piecing together specifically for like holes on those uh, in my mind, I'm like, he, he must frequent like one or two courses because it seems like a lot of your disc choices are very specific for holes or shots on that course. Again, nothing wrong with that. And I think that's totally. just, that that's a way to build. I think it was what episode two or three, Robbie, we had, um, a guy on Nick, I believe was his name. Um, he built, he would love building bags for each course he was playing. So, and he was from the Midwest as well, I believe. Right. He was from maybe Missouri. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, Nick, yeah. if you're listening. Um, so it's it's kind of it seems like the, you're doing kind of the same thing, which is perfectly fine. Just kind of want to point it, that that out because there's definitely in my mind a couple different ways to attack building your bag. And for you, it's like, hey, I play these two courses. There's specific shots I'm struggling with, so this this disc is the answer for that shot. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely say that's that's fair for sure. I definitely do frequent one or two courses, so mm-hmm. there's definitely there's a lot of courses are around me here in in Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, and I, I tend to to frequent several. But uh, there are definitely more advanced options that I just haven't haven't gotten over to yet. But mm-hmm. yeah, I when I think of literally the city of Charleston disc golf. That's exactly the method you're talking about, Brad. Uh, Cause I feel like there are so many, I'll be like, how do you guys attack this hole? And they're like, Oh yeah, man, I got this, uh, I got this onyx that, uh, you know, I ran over with a car uh, and then my cat chewed it up a little bit and dude, it just, it hits that line perfectly. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, do you throw yeah. it anywhere else? Yeah. And I, I realize no. we're, we're pretty fortunate in, in forest here in Lynchburg because we have a ton of courses. So I find myself the way I build my bags, I'm like, okay, I want to have, I, I want to have each of these types of shots because they're going to be scattered about all these courses. And I don't particularly want to have like four different bag setups. I have to take in and out. So, yeah. So it's definitely, I love, I love that point, Brad, of it's a, it's a unique way to strategize building the bag. So David, before we dive into suggestions, man, I want to know, so you've got a beast and an insanity in your bag. The beast people are sleeping on. I think the beast is a really good disc. I will like, I remember going to film with foundation guys at the beginning of 2021 and Hunter threw a beast. And I just, I remember being like, 
wow, I haven't seen one of those in a minute. So mm-hmm. what's the beast do for you and what's the insanity do for you? Yeah, I feel like the beast definitely a comfortability factor there. It was back when I, I initially started playing. I, I was throwing the Valkyrie a lot, a DX Valkyrie. And I I threw it one time and it got like a hole in the fight, flight plate from, from hitting a tree. <laughs> and so wow. I had to go get a new disc. And so I went over to Dick's Sporting Goods and I went to their Innova section. And I noticed, well, the Beast has just the same numbers as a valkyrie except it's one speed faster so it'll go a lot farther so i bought it obviously yeah. so and <laughs> i i loved it ever since it's just a nice like straight like straight uh, uh distance driver fairway driver yeah but so what disc would you say in your bag is the like you're throwing it you're probably for like distance shots you're probably throwing it the most what disc would you say for distance shots i would definitely throw the wraith the most okay so probably the the star wraith or the g star wraith uh depends on the shot um but yeah 10 my probably if if the wind isn't acting up or like headwind then i'll throw the g-star wraith the most but if there's any sort of headwind i have to disc up to either of the other wraiths but okay do you i'm curious okay yeah so i just i think looking at your bag what hearing you describe the beast here watching your face and the joy that you have describing your beast (laughs) i i always wonder and i think I, I mean, I literally, I'm a victim to this myself. I think so often we see that like people throw rates, people throw destroyers, people throw these particular discs and we lock ourselves into, we have to throw these, we have to throw these. When in reality, there are other options for us that may literally get us similar distances with less effort. And so I think about how you had said the G star Wraith you have to be very careful with because it gets squirrely in the wind and you live in Kansas. So wind and it usually probably comes with you on days that end in Y. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So then I, the beast, I, I wonder, I truly just wonder is the beast and the turn, like, are they better options that if you, instead of having the G star Wraith, if you leaned on the beast, for a couple of weeks, if you leaned on, like, instead of, Hey, every time I want to throw the Wraith, I throw this beast instead, or every time I want to throw the Wraith, I throw this turn instead. I just would be curious as an, as an experiment of, do I get the same amount of distance and perhaps even better distance, more reliable distance by switching to a different disc? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know because I think you right, like Brad, we, we obviously, we talk about mold minimalization a lot. So you're doing it really well, David, with like having the three race in the bag. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also mold minimalization. Yeah. You get into the flaw of I've already, I have these, so I have to throw them often. What do you, I mean, am I, am I crazy here? Y'all? No, I, I think so. And I think again, the, when we talk about the recommendations for today, I think, 
not being afraid to like go down in speed and look for things that feel feel and f- feel just as good if not better and fly the same just maybe a little maybe even a little farther i think that's just like a hard thing to grasp is like hey i have a seven speed that since it matches my arm speed will fly just as far as you know another disc in my bag or hey this beast even though it's a 10 speed is going to fly farther than my 11 speed because it matches my arm a little bit better and then you can start finding where that sweet spot is and then you can use plastics to help you with stability as well and cycling in new versus beat in to help you with stability so i think you're right robbie and you know i i like that you're you have three race i like that they're all different and they do different things for you that's kind of what we're talking about but i think maybe even jumping down as you're growing your distance or maybe you're happy with your distance that you're throwing so but um it's about using like some less effort and more control because as you go down in speed you can actually gain some control because you're not trying to kill it every time to make it do what it's supposed to do yeah so what we want to do david is we want to we want to throw out some options for you my man we want to give you some ideas or brad went and tried two discs that i think will give you good solid distance without having to be like oh i gotta mush this uh Mm. so we have the evader uh in a fusion blast fusion burst yep come on and then the other is a stalker esp stalker yep so brad you you kind of you you mentioned it earlier do you have experience with either of these discs in the past yeah so the uh the stalker was one of the first fairway drivers i tried i kept it in my bag for a little while um at the time it just didn't feel good to me and i think it's just because i didn't know I didn't know a lot of discs, so it was kind of a, a weird outlier, and I just found myself shying away from it. But um, that's, and I've never thrown the Evader until today. Okay, so heading out to a field, I know they're both seven speeds. Mm-hmm. And Brad, you have you've been vocal in the past about seven speeds are hard for you because mm-hmm. they're not like fan grippers, but they're kind of not power grippers either. Correct. How did that struggle go today? Okay. So the struggle, uh, uh, to be fair, I've been throwing my grackle a lot lately and it's kind of like helping me overcome that. Um, I will say the reason I shy away from the grackle a lot is because it is like a smaller rim. It's hard for me to power grip, but I'm just forcing myself to power grip them instead of fan grip. It's just not going to work out. Um, the difference I really felt between the two of these is the stalker is just beefier. Like the rim is thicker. I have more room for my fingers. Yeah. Um, I can, I can, tell the difference and like i can almost physically see the difference in the disc too like the stalker is just a little bit meatier on the rim it's giving me a lot more room for my fingers it's like pretty comfortable to power grip actually okay so that is man that is curious i i actually love that uh david want to i want to make sure you're an active part of this conversation so when i when you think of like a like gripping a rim comfortably are you a guy that like when you grab a Thunderbird or a Wraith or something like that, that feels pretty comfortable to you? Or do you prefer more of the like mid-range type rims? I would say probably the most comfortable in my hand is probably the Thunderbird. Yeah, like that. It just fits my hand really well. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I have like that same, I, I would agree with you, David, like that nine speed, 10 speed feels really good in my hand. 
12 speeds feel really good in my hand. I just, I don't have the speed I feel to throw them correctly yet. So, um, but the stalker gives me that like same comfort too. Um, like the evader feels about the same as my grackle as far as hand feel. It does feel a little shallow and small for me. Not uncomfortable, just not comfortable. Um, but the stalker definitely gives me the same comfort, like a 10, nine or 10 speed feels if I put it in my hand. Okay. So, Brad, you went out and threw these. These, some people would describe this, it's, it's counterpart being the T-Bird uh, of Innova. Mm -hmm. And when people describe a T-Bird and how they want it to fly, nine times out of ten, they're actually describing how a leopard should fly. <laughs> That's fine. I get mm -hmm. it. We're all wrong several times in our lives. I'm wrong yeah. pretty much every day. So, we... When you're seeing these, I think that people could describe them as, oh, this is going to be a really straight disc that just has a little bit of fade on the end. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's an oversell? Do you think that's an inaccurate sell? Is that on the money? What was your kind of experience with those discs? Um, I would say there may be a touch more overstable than they're sold to be. Um, I wouldn't call them like extremely overstable or anything like that. I think... Um, at least this ESP stalker, it, it's seven five negative two one. I would maybe not put the negative two on there. I, I don't feel like it wants to turn at all, but it doesn't like immediately start fading out either. It does go relatively straight, but you can tell it's like just on the edge of wanting to fade out. You know what I mean? Oh, and yeah. I know like Trevor loves the stalker, and he he was I was talking to him a little bit before I threw it, and um, he definitely says that off the shelf they're a little more overstable than they should be. Um, which I would agree, but they do beat in nice and straight. It just takes a while to get them probably accurate to the flight numbers. Um, the evader and this particular plastic, again, this is the only experience I have. It was definitely a little more overstable than I thought it would be. Um, again, not so overstable. You can't throw them. Just they definitely wanted to fade out at the end for sure. Yeah, that's. I, to me, I found for them to be very similar, like a longer reactor. Okay. Truly like it is a, you throw it, um, and probably even close to your nebulous, uh, in terms of yeah. you, yep. like you can get them to be straight. And if you throw them hard enough and with enough mm -hmm. spin, they're definitely going to hold that straight line. But I yeah. love that description, Brad, you gave of they're, they're teetering, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like. I want to be a straight flyer, please. Yeah. But just a little bit of wind and shump, she's fine. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will say um, I'm dealing with an arm injury. So I was throwing these a little probably softer, but I liked that. I liked that. I got some pretty, I'm, uh, this is a very dangerous phrase to say. I got some easy distance with them, not throwing them super hard. Um, so again, this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier, David, is like, I think these are a good choice when you're coming down in speed, I feel like both of these are that like still reliably like with reliable fade, but you don't have to throw them as hard to like keep them on a line that you want them to go. If that makes sense. Yeah. And there here's, here's my favorite part about a dislike this, David is that like Brad said, it's easy. Like you don't have to throw it hard, but at the same time, if you want to lay into it, you can, you can, It'll hold it. Um, and just to kind of experiment with that a little bit, uh, I, th I did throw them a little bit on Anheuser, and I was like kind of experimenting on the angle. It was interesting. If I gave them like a lot of Anheuser, they wouldn't dump out, but they would actually turn. 
they would turn and they would come back at the end. But if I gave them like, I mean, I threw them like this. That's obviously too much Anheuser angle for these particular discs. But if I gave them just like a little bit of Anheuser, they would turn and then kind of finish back straight. Um, if I gave them like, I could throw a tiny flex line with them too, because they were just stable enough that if I gave them a tiny bit of Anheuser, they would turn a little bit and come back and still finish like in an overstable sort of manner. So um, there, I feel like there's a lot of utility in these particular, that like slightly overstable fairway category, um, which is what I'm finding with my Grackle. The Grackle has very similar flight characteristics as both of these discs. And I'm finding a lot of usability with them because they'll, they'll handle torque of a forehand. They will handle a, t a small amount of Anheuser for like a flex line if you really need it. Um, and then they'll actually, without throwing them super hard, they will get a pretty usable amount of distance for a seven speed, at least I feel like. Yeah. And the beautiful part about these two particular discs is they come in a bazillion plastics. Yeah. For sure. So like Brad fell in love with the grackle, which is, you know, like his hipster heart jumping mm -hmm. in because it only comes in what two plastics right now. Yeah. The glow and then sublime. So like if Brad really wants to lean into the grackle and have it take over some more slots in his bag, tough because like mm -hmm. he'd have to force that disc into a slot that it doesn't actually fit because the plastics don't help it help it become more versatile. Mm -hmm. Whereas the stalker, the evader, I mean, they have chameleon evaders. Like, so those mm -hmm. things are flying almost firebird esque at that point. Mm -hmm. So you have, you have a ton of options across that plastic. So Brad, did you throw any forehands with them? Um, I threw a couple that's, I have like an elbow thing going on. So totally. I, I could only throw a few, but I did. Um, I again, I lean into the the hyzer angle for my forehands. These are definitely um, are are fading pretty hard for me on a on a hyzer or yeah hyzer forehand angle. Uh, I tried to keep them straight. Um, they would they would handle the forehand and fly pretty straight if I like really caught it at the right angle. Again, I only threw a handful of times, so I don't feel like I can accurately represent what they're going to do. But just based on how they flew backhand, uh, I definitely think if you if you're a flat uh, forehand release. This is like a, a, a very decent disc for you to use. Yeah. And David, I said, I said at the beginning that we were going to ask you about, you said you parked a 285 foot hole with a forehand. What disc are you throwing on a forehand usually? Yeah, it definitely tends to be more of the overstable, uh, forehand. So on that one, I used my, um, I think it was my double G wraith there. Okay. So, so, yeah, this could be a really good alternative of they're not, once again, we're not describing this disc as super overstable, mm -mm. but it's definitely not understable. <laughs> that's, that's for show. That's true. So this could be a really good bridge for you on learning as you're learning the forehand, more of a neutral type disc that doesn't have that high speed threshold to it that kind of can even cover the gaps of, Oh, this is like, this makes up for my forehand capability. I know mm -hmm. I threw in a, a vlogmas video. I threw a sail on a forehand, which is a like 11 negative five something, mm -hmm. uh, super flippy, but I threw it. I felt like I threw it like this, like just a, a little tiny flick and let the mm -hmm. 11 speed 
cover up for that. And I think people don't give credit to that quite often. So learning the touch of forehanding a seven speed in immense forehand control to be able mm-hmm. to do that. So Brad, you've got the, you've got the stalker, you've got the evader. We've been talking to David. Do you have one that stands out for a recommendation? Yeah, I, I've got to recommend the stalker. Um, I really do. I think, you know, you kind of highlighted some like feel how things feel. Um, and I think based on like the, the wider rims you're used to throwing the bigger rims, you're, this is going to be a nice, easy transition into like the fairway category. That'll still feel comfortable for you. I think it's just it has some st- enough stability that you're going to feel comfortable throwing it like you, you would your other disc. And you can actually maybe power down a little bit and gain some control. Um, I think it'll still with your FD, that one shot you're talking about where you're like in the woods, you got to get out of the woods. Like this is going to do that for you. But the stalker for me flew definitely farther than the evader with less like the same or less effort. Mm -hmm. So I think this maybe will encourage you to like, Hey, maybe if I like chill down my disc speed, I can probably actually throw a little farther or just as far as my, you know, whatever your wraith, probably I I will go out and bet that you can throw this stalker just as far as you can throw your wraith. I'm going to say it. Challenge accepted. David, it sound like a challenge you'd be willing to accept. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So sounds great. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll send this one out to you um, after the episode today. And uh, would you be willing to come back on and tell us a little bit about it when we do a recap episode? Yeah, definitely would. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, David, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, Thanks for being a part of in the bag. uh, And we really appreciate you and look forward to having you on a future episode, man. Awesome. Thanks. Here we go. Another Another, another day, another episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, that was, it was great. And again, it's, it's always nice seeing other people kind of going through what you went through when you're like building your bag and hopefully everyone sees the value in that. Yeah. I know I'm not an expert. I know I'm still an amateur. You give the advice, we bring people on, but hopefully everyone's learning from that discussion. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. It's not to get like everyone expert on here and pros and telling you about their bag. Like, that's fine. We all have access to that information. We really just want to go through like, what's a normal person bag look like? What's a normal person trying to throw this the way they're supposed to be thrown look like. And hopefully we're all learning a little bit from that. Yeah. And I, I mean, the lessons I feel like we can learn from watching and working with David's bag Mm -hmm. immensely higher than even I would say going through and working with like, a Trevor's bag or a, mm-hmm. a hunter's bag. There's awesome things. Yeah. That we can gander from that. And it's fun to see even like YouTube personalities and stuff we learn from, but like, mm-hmm. I, I I'm telling y'all like 90% of the bags, I feel like that we get submitted to even come on the show. Look like David's bag. Right. Yep. And that's so, great because mm-hmm. we want to talk about that and we want to show, Hey, and if you're, if you've applied for the show, I want to, before we dive in, cause I want to, Brad, I want to hear what's new in the warehouse. But before we do that, I just want to like, let y'all know if I, my hope is obviously we're 32 episodes in, I feel like we've been doing this show for a lifetime at this mm-hmm. point. And I want to have, like, we want to, we want this show to evolve. We want it to, you know, have a world where we have the discussions like we had a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to do different things. And we aren't going to be able to get to everybody. Like literally, if we did this show for the next 
I think it like, I think I did the math. It was like three years Mm -hmm. at once a week. We still wouldn't get to every guest that has currently applied to be on the show. Yeah, exactly. So we appreciate you. And I know it's like the lottery, but hopefully, again, you're finding some value. Um, something I'd be curious about, Robbie, if, if you all want to leave this in the comments below, um, is there a segment or something you'd like us to talk about regularly or like one-off episodes that you'd like to hear about? Um, it's also fun for us to mix it up a little bit too. I like the, the just random discussion episodes, but is there like a an idea any of you have for like a segment or like a one-off episode or something we do every time that you'd like to hear that you're like, Hey, I wish they said this, um, leave it in the comments below. We'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like the show's for, for you all listening. It's not for us. Um, Absolutely. I I would still sit down and have an hour conversation with Brad every week anyways. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Like that's, I'm great with it. The fact that we record it and throw it to y'all is just an added bonus to our fun time. Um, but I agree like that's, I, I remember when we first made this podcast, we were like, man, I wonder if it's going to like how, like how sustainable it will be. Like if people actually listen and now like with guests that I can see, it's like, oh, I can like, I can see that we're going to make it to a year. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's great. So, uh, one of the ways that we make it all happen though, is due to foundation supporting what we're doing. So. Brett, what's new in the warehouse? Um, okay, so this week we had um, some disc mania drops. So like the the PD, speaking of PDs, the Lone Wolf, uh, that new drop came out. Uh, had some. They're called the White Zombie stamp. They're kind of like these creepy gremlin looking stamps on like uh, premium plastic link, as well as um, I'm blanking now. All oh, the splice. So a couple uh, new stamps there, as well as the the mermaid, active line mermaid, like a beginner fairway driver. Ironically enough. She floats, so you know, take that for what you will. Hey, you have that course locally that you have a water carry. Like, ah, I don't want to throw a, a disc. Uh, well, this one floats, easy to retrieve. So try that. I, I gotta ask, mm-hmm. do you feel like it hurts your soul more if the disc floats because then you just see it like floating yeah. out in the middle of the water and you're like, oh. yeah. I don't, I don't know, but also that gives you a spot. Now you know where to go. Uh, grab your inflatable canoe and you can grab it. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. But hey, if you need that disc in your life, please uh, check that out. Um, just a general restock we're doing of a lot of different things. We have like MV, uh, MVP going up. We have a bunch of trilogy like stock discs that we've been out of for a while going up. A lot of good stuff there. Um, we're trying to boost up our... Uh, swirly plastic and disc craft and put more up for everyone to t- choose from for the holiday. And, you know, uh, my biggest, oh, Merry Discmas. We have some uh, Merry Discmas, uh, Bogey Bro, and Dark Horse Christmas sweaters. Check those out if you haven't yet. So, uh, and we've uh, more accessories, water bottles, towels restocked. Uh, we're doing Christmas bundles. You'll see those release uh, today when you're listening to that up ep- this episode. Um, we've got uh, like a warehouse uh, bundle that we, we kind of all agreed on some discs that we like, uh, in like a three pack. We have a Silas, a Trevor, Connor, Hunter, Brody, all, you know, three discs that everyone likes that like, Hey, this is a good bundle for you to choose. We have some accessory bundles. We have putter packs we're releasing Friday today when you're listening to this. So uh, a lot of good stuff. Make sure you check it out. Always look at that recently restocked and new arrivals section on the website. Dude. I love it, man. I Mm -hmm. bundles are, Bundles are what makes the world go around, y'all. Like mm-hmm. it is, uh, that is such a fantastic idea. The oh, we selected these three. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Definitely want to check it out, y'all, because you find the bundle, you see that it's good, and you know what we do when it's good. Put that bundle in the bag. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you.